Faster than a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Hello, Gotham. Joker's back in town. I'm not wearing hockey pants. And now you're listening to the new and improved Outside the Comics Volume 2 podcast with your host, Alfred. No! What is going on, OTC listeners? Another episode of Outside the Comics Volume 2 podcast is in your life today. And we are back on a Thursday night and... Holy shit, was it an adventure that I had today. Seriously, I didn't even know that I was going to do the podcast today because I've been going through so much internet trouble literally for the past, what, 24 hours? And the so-called carrier that will not be named because, again, I don't want to be sued for some bullshit would not, could not fucking work with us and we had to literally call and message and basically... Harp on them to be like, yo, give us the shit or we're going to fucking leave. And it's like, god damn, you would think that maybe, just maybe, they would treat their customers a little bit better. But that's neither here nor there. That's neither here nor there. We're going to talk about comic books, comic book shit, everything related to comic book stuff. And so far, there weren't really that many news going on. And it was like, huh, what can I talk about that I haven't talked about before? And I just finished seeing, finally finished seeing, The Boy Season 2 from Episodes 1 to 3. Now, funny thing is, on the last episode I said for people to stop bitching that there are only three episodes. And after I seen it, I'm like, oh, okay. I mean, I'm not going to backtrack what I said, but uh, I get it. I I completely understand. But we're going to do a little bit of a mini review for them. Episodes 1 to 3. You know, slight spoilers. I'm going to try to keep it as spoiler-free as best I can. And after that, more movies possibly being delayed again. Fucking super. God damn. Give us a break here. Give us a fucking break. All that plus our superhero quote of the day. But first, like we always do about this time, let's get our shout-out out out of the way, shall we? And unfortunately, another passing has happened This one gives a shout out to her family and her friends because the one Lady Tyrell from Game of Thrones has passed away at the age of 82. Her name is Diana Rigg. Diana Rigg, may you rest in eternal power. You brought a side to Game of Thrones that basically people inspire to be. You may, be, you may have been an old lady, but guess what? Every time you walk into a room, every time you walk into a scene, you stole every fucking moment of that scene. It's why certain people on YouTube devoted only scenes straight to you because of you. And your performer was awesome. It was great. Probably one of the best characters ever in the history of Game of Thrones. May you rest in eternal power. If you want to see more of her performance... If you want to recheck out Game of Thrones if you haven't already, which I'm sure you have at this time, go check her out or go on YouTube. Just look up Lady Tyrell's scenes and you'll see how much of a drastic difference there is between her performance and other people's performances. Holy shit. And if you want to check her out, you could also check her out at Tracy Bond in on Her Majesty's Secret Service. Fucking hell, that was a long title. Anyway... Diana Rigg, 
rest and eternal power. May you sleep well, peacefully, where no one will ever bother you again. And of course, my condolences to her family, her friends, and the people that she affected. My heart goes out to you. Damn, man. Can we just get a break from all this death shit that's going on? Fuck, we lost lost so many good people this year. God damn. And we're right in September, and yet it's still fucking going. But let's go on to the happy note. That's all we have for the shoutouts. Let's dive into our The Boys Season 2 Episodes 1 to 3 review. And that starts right in a bit. You know, before we do anything in terms of talking about The Boys Season 2, I want to quickly recap on some of the importances or the important details of what happened in Season 1. And again, there will be some slight spoilers, so if you have not seen the show in any way, shape, or form, I highly, highly recommend it. If you are a fan of comic books, if you are obviously, since you are listening to this podcast, you know, not to, you know, toot the own horn here, but... If you are a fan of superheroes, if you're a fan of dark shit, if you're a fan of, you know, Elseworld stories, and what do I mean by Elseworld stories? Well, you know, something of a what-if type scenario within the storylines. What if we can take our greatest superheroes, like the Justice League or the Avengers or whatever team there is, and make them into the most darkest shit that you could ever think about in your life? But not dark as in... Oh my god, demons and fucking monsters or anything like... No, 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 no. I'm talking about realistic dark shit. Realistic to the point where you have a superhero team that is all a front. Everything is a lie. Everything is is made up. It's an illusion, so to speak. And it's all headed by, you know, a company. A pharmaceutical company. A propaganda. You know, what goes on really behind the scenes is so different from what you see in front of the camera. And for a while, it took me a long time to realize such a fascinating concept that that is, and it's been held in the most greatest execution that we could ever have. And yet The Boys doesn't focus on these so-called superheroes, quote-unquote superheroes. They focus on these individual people, these misfits, ordinary people that are fucked up and I've been screwed by this propaganda in some way, shape, or form. It's fascinating to me. It really is. Now, with The Boys Season 2, you can tell why. Now Now I understand why so many people were pissed off that they did not just binge watch every single thing. And again, it's a network television show. It's for Amazon Prime. You know, it's... It's at the moment where we're not getting movies every week on release, so we might as well get a show that we could watch every single week. And obviously due to ratings and due to, you know, the amount of viewership that an app or a television show can have, I can understand why they decide to go this route. And I can understand why, in a particular way, they would not release everything all in one setting. 
You know, they're not following the Netflix formula. They're not following the Hulu formula. They're following their own formula where you're like, oh, you love this show? You love what we put out? Guess what? We are going to actually release every single one, once every week, every Friday. What you got to say about that? Oh, you don't like it? Well, guess what? Ha ha, fuck you. We're going to do whatever we want. So I can understand it. I I get it. You know, I, I see arguments from both sides here. But regardless, it is a fascinating show. And what happened was, again, slight, slight spoilers, but there is a so-called drug, a drug that has been developed that actually makes human beings into superheroes. Soups, which they are called in the show. They make ordinary people into soups. And now it's out there. Superheroes are not born, they are made. Now, for some people, this could be a great thing. Others, not so much. Because as I said, there are people that could take advantage. There are those that become, you know, this political figure. Or there are those that could literally kill anyone they see fit, rule over them under his thumb, and do whatever the fuck he wants with pure fear. And that's what Homelander is. Jesus Christ, Homelander. What can I say about this guy? Like, I really wish I had his name right in front of me because I completely forgot what his name was. But Homelander, this character, this evil version of Superman slash Captain America hybrid, Homelander steals every fucking scene that he is in. And from the last season... He finally sought a secret that was kept away from him from his entire life. And now he's utilizing that to his advantage. He finds someone and he realized that he uh, he has an offspring. Oh shit, what's he going to do about that? Oh, well there's one way to know. How about you just push him off a fucking house and see if that motherfucker can fly? Jesus Christ. Oh my goodness. And then we got these other characters that are interwoven with each other. We got these bands of misfits that they're trying to get their life back together. They're all wanted people. They're all wanted people. They're trying to get their life back together. And the only way for them to truly, truly get out of their mess is to take down these superheroes once and for all, these soups. And goddamn, it is such an amazing show. But I will say this, though, and I know I'm going all over the place on this one, but... There's one particular character that I want to talk about, Stormfront. Ooh, Stormfront. Now, if I'm not mistaken, there was a character Stormfront in the boy's comic book where it's a guy. And apparently he's some kind of racist person that kind of hates either specifics or a general of colored people. And it slightly showed within the third episode of this season. And this person is dangerous. Like, you can tell from the first episode where she was kind of annoying. She was like that, you know, Shazam. uh, Oh, this is going to be great. Hey, you know, we're on TikTok or we're on Zoom or whatever the case. But then as the episodes go on, you're like, oh, okay. You're probably just as bad, if not worse than Homelander. Jesus Christ, we got to look out for you. We got to look out for you. And then you see these other characters, especially within 
the superhero group known as the Seven. Which, by the way, in the third episode, there was actually a either a nod or some kind of reference to the Justice League Snyder Cut. And I found that to be very, very interesting because they were talking so much about scripts and they were talking about so much that they shouldn't change anything and they shouldn't, you know, change certain perspective. They should just leave it the way it is. And I'm like, oh, okay, I, I see what you're doing here. All right, I see what you're doing. Uh, I, I like that. I like that little Easter egg. And also the graphics. And by the way, PJ Burns, shout out to him for being in it. Seth Rogen, shout out to him for being in this season. Yes, they're actually in the season. They actually are. And, you know, they actually made references to Hans Zimmer. Like, they're very aware of the superhero genre that happens all over the world within our own culture. And that's what I love about particular shows. When you are very self-aware, that's not really tongue-in-cheek. Or it is tongue-in-cheek, but it's not annoying. It's not annoying. It's not, you know, it's not force. It's just natural. And I enjoy that a lot about this show. This show, basically, with a group of misfits, the boys, four people, well, five to be exact, I'm sorry, five people, and they don't have a good sense of chemistry. They're always at each other's throats. You know, they, they want to ensure that they can get out of the rut that they are in. But in order for them to truly, truly take down the pharmaceutical company and the people that are in charge of these soups and the soups themselves that are displayed as good heroes but are actually evil people where they're, you know, they have their own agenda or they can do whatever the fuck they want with no consequences whatsoever. They have to find a way to coexist within themselves and literally take down these guys and it's going to be a great bloodbath and I love it. I mean, hell, there was a particular scene literally in the third episode, and I just finished fucking watching it, where the group is literally having a speedboat, and they charge right into a fucking whale. They literally charge right into that shit, and I'm like, oh, wow. And it looked so fucking real. And you can just tell one of the characters is just distraught and beaten. You can tell that... These are real people because they feel anxiety. They feel pain. They feel like they're at their breaking point. You, they feel like they don't want to do this shit anymore. But they have to keep on trying. They have to keep their eyes on the ball no matter what. I know everything that I'm just saying is probably the most vaguest shit that you could ever hear. But again, I cannot recommend this show enough. Go watch the Boys. Season 1, if you have not seen it. Season 2, three episodes in. One episode every Friday. So tomorrow we're going to get episode 4. And I can't fucking wait. Unfortunately, that's all I have for The Boys Season 2. I don't want to spoil anything much. But let's dive into, you know, something that's been on a lot of people's minds. More delays. More shit. More things to getting pushed back because of... The virus. Coronavirus! Coronavirus! <laughs> I had to. I had to. Oh my god. If you've seen that video, you'll know exactly what I mean. Government! Whoop! Government! Okay, I'll stop. Anyway. There's already been talks from Warner Brothers saying that there's a strong chance they're going to delay Wonder Woman 1984 to either November or late December. And there's also a chance that they could delay 
so many other films like Marvel is in talks of possibly having their $200 million plus, you know, projects like Spider-Man 3, since they are their distributor, like Spider-Man 3, like Venom, Let There Be Carnage, and all these other projects, possibly Morbius as well, that that's going to get pushed back as well, that they most likely will not release any of these movies since they are a higher project, they are a higher budget, so it has to be released in theaters. It just has to be. Now, on one hand, I'm thinking to myself, okay, why not you just release it on video on demand or, you know, Disney Plus or whichever the case may be? Or why not you just release them in select theaters and just let them stay in theaters for X amount of time until there is a way for people to actually watch and get to them? Unfortunately, everything what I just said is so much easier said than done because, as I just said, With their projects and their movies and everything else that is over $200 million to actually... The the budget itself is fucking staggering. They have to make a profit. And an order way for them to make that profit is to ensure that they get released in theaters. Which means... And honestly, I did project this to happen in some way, shape, or form. They're going to keep pushing it back and pushing it back until everything becomes safer... And until everything becomes much more easier to actually watch these films in theaters. Fucking hell, man. As if things can't get bad enough. Now, I know what you're probably thinking. You're probably thinking, wait, why can't they just do the same thing with the New Mutants? Because we've been watching or wanting to watch that film for a long time. Why can't they do the same thing with that? Unfortunately, it doesn't work that way. Because... And I'm willing to bet, even though there's a little bit of a conspiracy theory, I am willing to bet that the studios knew that this movie was going to bomb in some way. Some people hate it, some people love it, other people fall right in the middle. But it's not really a movie that can stand toe-to-toe with something like Wonder Woman, Black Widow, Dune. I know the trailer just came out today or yesterday, you know... Other films that are coming out very soon and other Disney projects and other Warner Brothers projects and everything else that is related to that. New Mutants can't really stand toe-to-toe with them because a film that has been delayed four times easily can make people get the perspective that it's probably not going to be as good as it was supposed to be. Because if you delay a film multiple times, aside from the coronavirus bullshit, meaning There's a lot of studio interference. And there were. There were a lot of studio interference. It did not come out as it was supposed to come out. And that's unfortunate. It really is. Now, as I just said, with Black Widow, Wonder Woman, and all these other films, they have a higher budget. The only way for them to make their profit is for them to be released in theaters. And if you release those movies on Video On Demand or Disney Plus or Hulu or any of these other streaming services, Amazon Prime or whichever the case may be, I guarantee you they will make a fraction, a fraction of what they put into the films. And it's not just, you know, them making the profit. What happens every time we go into a movie theater, what what are the first main things that we see? We see trailers. We see trailers for upcoming films. They can't do that in the streaming service. They can't promote 
or market the next film or their future projects for later on down the line without the trailers. They just can't. They can't they can't do that. You know, maybe they can have a spot in some advertising campaigns, but seriously, how many people are really going to watch them? How many people are really going to I'll tell you what. You go on your streaming service right now and if there are no ads or if there's no marketing tools or marketing tactics or whichever the case may be, how many people do you think can actually fast forward through them, skipping all the trailers, skipping all the advertisers, skipping all the sponsors just to get to the film? They will lose millions and millions of dollars if people do that. Now, to some people, I'm sure they have a lot more knowledge about this than I do, and they're probably thinking that I'm talking pish. But it is true, though. Whenever you go to a movie theater, there are trailers, advertisers, sponsors, you know, apps. You know, uh, how many times have you seen Maria Menounos, for example, you know, promoting a particular app that you could play that you could easily play on your phone or something like Nookie.com or some shit like that? I don't even know if that's a real website. I'm just, you know, something about Nookie or some shit like that, you know, again, there's so much that goes into a movie theater than just watching a film and trying to make a profit. They have to get their money back, and the only way for them to do that is to ensure that their movies are being projected in the movie theater instead of a streaming service. That's what it comes down to at the end of the day. And then, let's look at the flip side of that coin. Let's say they do release within you know, Hulu, Disney+, Plus, Amazon Prime, whatever the case may be, whatever streaming service there is, let's say they do that. What the fuck happened to Mulan? Mulan was an absolute bombshell. It was, it was bad. It was terrible. You know, some people complain about Beauty and the Beast because it closely resembled to the original animation. And some people hate this fucking Mulan film because it's nowhere near as close to the original animation. There's no Mushu. There's no, you know, reflection song. I'm I'm sorry. Yes, there is a reflection song, but it's mentioned during a credits or something like that. I know I'm not I know I'm talking a lot here, but let me ask you this real quick before we end this episode off. When you watched Mulan, what was the first thing you remembered? You know, just just off the top of your head. Off the top of my head, I remembered, I'll make a man out of you. You know, let's get down to business to defeat the Huns. That shit, right? And throughout this entire montage, you see Mulan struggling and, and, and clawing her way to be the best, to be equal like her, you know, the, the people that she's fighting with. You know, you know, be a man, you must be swift as the coursing river. And throughout this entire montage, you see Mulan just fucking just the sudden victory that she had after the training sessions were over. It was hard earned. And that is probably the most realistic thing that you can ever connect to, because when someone 
is beaten down over and over, but they rise back up and they do everything in their humanly power. They have to look within themselves to to never give up, to always move forward, to to ensure that no matter what obstacles they face their way, that they will do everything in their power to just continue to stride forward. And what the fuck did the Mulan movie do? She has chi. She has chi. She's 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 a chosen one. Where where a power is given to her, that she was naturally born with. Get the, give me a fucking break here. It, are we seriously at the point where Disney cannot understand that this is not the way to connect to your audience? Now, why am I saying all of this? I know I just went on a huge, weird rant about Mulan. It's not a comic book film. But what is the point that I'm trying to make here? Well, the point that I'm trying to make is this. If you release Black Widow on Disney+, and in the, any of the other Disney films on Disney+, and for whatever reason, for whatever fucking reason, these movies bomb... Not only are you going to get a less of a fraction of what you're getting because of the streaming service, you're most likely never going to have someone watch your film again because of the asking price. All you got to do is just take three or four people to come in and literally buy your movie once. Instead of all around the world, a global box office for people to watch a movie multiple times on ticket sales. And trust me, there is a huge correlation between what you're watching in theaters and what you're watching on the on the streaming service. So, if it means that they are going to continue to push back these films to ensure that they get the profit, to satisfy advertisers, to promote their trailers, to market whatever apps that they have, or whichever the case may be, unfortunately, the only ones that are really going to suffer from that is us. The audience, the viewers, because, once again, we have to continue to wait and wait until it's safer for us to go back to the theaters. It's an unfortunate reality that we have to face now. How do we adapt to it? I don't know if we can. I don't know if we can. Until we find out a way to watch the film in some other capacity, which we won't, we're just going to have to wait. That's all I got to say about that. That's all we have for today on this episode of Outside the Comics Volume 2 Podcast. Once again, guys, thank you so much for listening. If you like what you hear, continue to like, subscribe, share, tell everyone you know that OTC is out there and it needs you to make it even better. And if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, hit me up on Mike Garcia VO or OTC Volume 2. Volume completely spelled. The 2 is the number, but you already know that, my guy. You already know that. On Twitter or Instagram. And that's all there is to it. Now, before we end this night off, or this day off to be exact, we are going to go to our superhero quote of the day. And this one is from... Mother's Milk. Yes, he is a character. And yes, he's from the boys. And he said something that in a way really resonated. Something that I can connect to. He said, 
if you let your canary die, how are you going to know when you've gone too far? And my reaction to that is, holy shit. A canary is probably one of the sweetest birds that you could ever have in your life. Something to nurture and something to care for. And if you let it die, what then? How do you know when you've gone over the edge? How do you know when you've gone too far? How do you know that you stared into the eyes of the abyss? And how do you know when not to blink? Think about that real quick. Just think about it. Tune in next time, Monday night, where we will talk all more news-related shit that happens in the world of comic book movies and TV shows. And always remember, if you hear about it and you read about it, I talk about it. Have a great weekend. Stay safe. See you guys on Monday. I'm done. I'm through. Peace out.